With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, and welcome back to High and Tight on Game Time CT. Scott Erickson, you're joined as always by Pete Waga. Pete, how are you, bud? Good, 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 good. Another week in the books. Another week in the books. Uh, I might hit 60 this week, so we can uh, maybe get a light jacket off and, uh, and, and watch some games. The games have been heating up. Uh, there's been some really awesome performances. The, the top 10 poll is a mess, as we thought it would be, like with teams losing. Um, Amity's our new number one. They haven't lost yet. But, you know, Richfield and, and Ward. Richfield beat Ward, and then Richfield lost two games, and then Ward won a couple more games. And then the CCC teams keep winning, and you know Windsor and Newington have jumped into the poll, and it's a free for all, man. Yeah, it's um, so the way that I went about doing the poll this year, and it's something I started to do last year uh, with the baseball poll. Is you know I realize it's not a hockey poll, it's not football. Um, I have my idea of who I think the best teams in the state are. Right. And um, I'm going to keep my poll relatively the same until like maybe the mid-year mark where, you know, maybe after this week and then I will uh, kind of reconfigure it. Um, you know, there were teams I have dropped out who I had in the top 10 earlier this year. There are teams that have lost a couple of games that I've had in my top five that I've kept there because I truly believe that these teams at the end of the year will be there. They will be in the conversation. Uh, so that's the mindset I took into the poll this year. Um, you know, I'll tell you, uh, Richfield, uh, Richfield is uh, not Richfield. Well, Richfield is still in my top five, but I believe West Hill is still in my top five or top six. And they've fallen out of the poll. Um, you know, baseball's hard. Uh, I was talking to um, I was talking to the assistant coach of Danbury the other day, and we were just talking baseball. And he's like, you know, you know, it's the craziest thing about baseball. And I'm like waiting for some like great baseball wisdom that I can use on this show and you know this deep thought that I've never had about the game of baseball and he goes you're never going to have your best team on the field and I was like well, what do you mean and he goes well your your one can your you know your number one is only going to pitch this day what are you going to do the other two days of the week like that's not your best team and like yeah that's really very true that is some deep baseball wisdom it's the only um, sport. It's the only sport that. Yeah, it's the only like sport that. where that happened. Like yeah. you look at softball, you know, I forgot. I was talking to Will Aldum, our softball writer, and we were trying to figure out uh, a pitching matchup. Um, you know, at one point, I'm like, I'll be honest with you. I have no idea who's pitching this game. And he's like, yeah, he goes, it's a lot easier in softball. <laughs> he goes, if I yeah, softball, pitcher, I mean, occasionally I they have a game. second pitcher, but if yeah. you have a really good pitcher. They're starting every rolls, game. She rolls through the season. Yeah, yeah. They're starting every game, whether they go seven innings or you know they they bring in a, an arm you know later in the game. But you know if you're going to see Danbury softball, you're seeing you know the Pucci pitcher. 
Like no matter what, like you're going to see, you know, if you're looking at, oh, you know, when, when do I want to go see Barlow? I want to see Matt Scott pitch. Like I'm on the phone texting the coach being like, when's I, I won't tell anybody, but like, can you tell me who's, <laughs> who's pitching this week for you? Because it's hard to plan that, but I thought it was really interesting. And that's, we, you know, we, we do the, have a lot of those calls and emails, like just between the two of us, who's pitching Monday. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it makes, it makes our jobs a little easier. Um, but you know, and that's kind of the thought I've taken into uh, the poll. Like when West Hill played Hamden, they lost 15, nothing like West Hill didn't throw any of their big arms. Like they were preparing for a long week in the FCAC and that's how they lined it up. Like, yeah, it's not a great loss. You know, you don't want to get, you don't want to lose 15, nothing ever, but I didn't, I mean, I didn't leave West Hill where I had him. I dropped him a little, I didn't fully drop them out because when Kyle Kipps on the mound, when uh, Eric Ostrich is on the mound, Osterus, sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, but they're an awesome team. Oster House. Yeah. They're an awesome team. They're a top three team when, you know, they might be the best team in the state when Kyle Kipps on the mound, you know? So why am I going to hold that against them? You know what I mean? Like, so that's kind of the thought process I've taken into my voting this year is, and even Richfield, like coming off that big win against Ward, they lost the two. two it's a two-one game. Yeah. Also, like Ward loses a two-one game. That game can obviously go either way. Yep. So I kept voting Ward number one. Ward yep. is still my number one. Um, I know everyone. Uh, most of the people voted for Amity, which is fine. Like yeah. Amity's a great Amity's program. Deserves the, the votes. Like yeah. But, but I could give five teams the first place vote. I just feel, based on what I've seen and what I've heard from coaches, Ward is the best team. And yep. like I, you know. For me, unless they lose two or three, I'm going to keep them up there, you know? Exactly. And that's kind of the way that I've taken the poll. And, you know, as we move forward, we get to the mid-year mark, I might reassess. You know, I might send you a completely different ballot uh, than I have in the past. And Yeah, things uh, change, of course. And like like ECC, I've kept Waterford and Fitch in my top 15, even though they both lost two games. Waterford lost one and Fitch lost two. They're still the two best teams yeah. in that conference. Look, Bacon's undefeated. Great. Uh, they could be the best team, maybe. And I will adjust if that's the case when they play Waterford and Fitch. But I still believe in those teams. I believe in the stuff that I believed when the season started. I believe yeah. that they have the best kids. I'm like, going tr- to trust myself because, you know, we've been doing this for a while. Uh, I feel like we talk to you trust people. yourself, but also, right, you talk to a ton of coaches. Yeah. Like, we talk to coaches in every league. Yeah. And we asked them about the teams. Like, yeah. who have you and seen? Like, what, what I still good? have Xavier in my top six. I had them there at the beginning of the year. I had them there after I had the Amity loss. That was a 2-1 game where Amity got one hit. Xavier could have easily won that game. And when you're losing that game doesn't mean that Xavier is a top 10 team or not a top 10 team in my eyes. Um, you know, and I, I, I'm with you. I was one of the – I think you and I were the only two who voted Ward a number one this week. Um, I voted them also number one. And the main the reason I voted them number one, if Richfield had won out last week and remained undefeated, I probably would have voted Richfield one just because yeah. that one loss came to Richfield, but they dropped two and a two to one game, you know, they're going to see each other again. So I'm not worried about, well, this is the only time we're going to see them because if one of them wins a state title or an FCI title, it's probably going to go through the other one. And, um, you know, we, we saw that last year with Greenwich and Fairfield Ward. Right. Fairfield Ward beat Greenwich in the regular season. No, no. Greenwich beat Fairfield Ward in the regular season. Ward beat Greenwich in the FCAC final. And then Greenwich beat Ward in the States. So yep. <laughs> like we're going <laughs> to 
we're probably going to see that again in some form or fashion in the SEC with Xavier and Amity um, and with, you know, Ward and Ridgefield. And, you know, I still think Staples is in the mix. Obviously, West Hill, I've mentioned a bunch. There's so many teams in the mix. I mean, yeah. even all those conferences, nothing is set. I mean, you want to say it's going to be Amity, Xavier, fine. But what about hand? You know, like yep. th- there are teams that Completely are going to. forgot about hand. <laughs> Sorry, Travis. Sleep on hand. <laughs> and even like Hamden can beat anyone, you know, yep. like Sheehan gives everyone games. Like we need Sheehan and um, oh, who's the other team that has walked, has been walking off a lot in the NVL. We were just talking about them. Um, we should have them play and just start the game in the seventh inning. <laughs> Both of those teams. God, what team is Watertown? that? You're talking about Watertown? Yeah, or maybe. Woodland? I don't know. It was Woodland walked that, off Noggy. Yeah, but that's like Sheen has been incredible. The, the fighting yeah. Lombos, uh, Coach uh, Lom- Lombardozzi. But, uh, you know, Sheen's a great team and they're a great program. They have pedigree and they're coming back in these crazy games. And uh, it's wild. I mean, that game against Notre Dame. That was pitching, right? You know, you're at the end of the week. You've played a lot of games during the week, a 17-16 game, and they went back and forth, slug for slug, punch for punch. And uh, 17-16, I mean, there was a wild walk-off at the end of this week. You're right. We had Sheen walking off on Notre Dame. We had Woodland walking off on Naugatuck. We had, uh, I think, Tallinn walked off. And Tallinn, uh, Tallinn's been red hot. I mean, Yeah, that was it. Tallinn. Really well. Tallinn keeps walking. Tallinn's off. the team that's a bunch of walk-offs. Yeah, Tallinn, CCC. Sheen play. And uh, and then obviously East Catholic, Alex Irizarry it, it, it took the first pitch of the 11th inning and sent it to the goddamn moon. Um, and then he you know, leaned for, back on that. East Cat- that was so sick. If you haven't seen that <laughs> he video, pimped it. I mean. uh, it's on our it's on our Instagram account. And I, I quote tweeted uh, the person who released it or who posted it. And he absolutely coach uh, coach Fiore didn't even get to the third base coach's box. He was like talking to Alex. He turned his back first pitch. See ya. Um, so, I love that. Um, yeah. And Sheehan, of course, and St. Joe, both in Class M, will be lower, probably double-digit seeds because they will come to their conference banged up, and they'll probably be playing in a semifinal at some point against a Woodland or, or Barlow or someone like that, you know, in yeah. Class M. And speaking of Woodland, on the show speaking today. Speaking of Woodland. On the show today, we, we got have, a little Valley. Yeah, a little Valley love. We got Woodland coach Steve Boehner and uh, stud player. Um Zach Drury. Zachary. I kept calling him Jack. Yeah, well, his the, cousin Jack played for Walcott. Yeah, yeah, and Jack was Jack was like the first season we did this show. Jack yeah. was like one of our guys. We just kept shouting him out every week, and it's just starting. He's playing at my alma mater at Southern. He's one uh, of the Dirt so, Dogs, one of the original Dirt yeah, Dogs. Yeah, he's one of the original Dirt Dogs, and uh, he's playing at my alma mater, Southern, and I keep a close eye on the Southern baseball team. Um, so I see his name all the time and I called him Jack like maybe three times in that interview. Yeah. And I made a public apology on that interview as well. He didn't seem too offended. No, it was going to call him anything. uh, uh, That's not, not such a bad thing to be called. (laughs) No, that was a great Um, interview. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, so let's get to that interview, uh, with the Woodland crew. We'll be right back on high and tight. And we'll be talking NVL and Valley Baseball. Now joining us on the show, we have Woodland coach Steve Boehner and Woodland uh, star player, Zach Drury. Gentlemen, welcome to the show this morning. Thanks for having us. 
Yeah, are you kidding? It's a long time coming. I feel like, you know, Coach Maynard, you're one of the coaches I talked to like the most like throughout the season. And I'm like, why have we never had him on? So now you're on. I appreciate it. It's uh, great to be here. Uh, I'm not tweeting at Scott Erickson for spelling kids' uh, kids names wrong anymore. I'm just (laughs) no, that was me. That was honestly, he's not on the show. I would like to make a public apology to Tyler Leto. Um, I was trying to tweet that out on Saturday and I spelled it Tyler Mato. Um, so that's on me. That's on me. A public apology. What's funny about that is, uh, Pete, I think I gave you like a 20 minute warning that, hey, at some point, one of my kids is going to correct you on Twitter. And you're like, oh, it'll happen. It, it is what it is. And then, you know, 20 <laughs> minutes later, I see Zach's tweet. Yeah. Oh, well, rather Zach than Tyler's dad. Um, you know, <laughs> I've seen him run practice and uh, I don't want him to start making me run sprints the next time I, uh, I go to a woodland football practice for a story. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, NBL baseball, pretty good. Uh, this league is, is deep. I mean, I've always said it's the deepest sport in the NBL. Uh, I don't know if you guys agree with me, but what's it been like running through the schedule so far? So uh, I, what I can, I think the NBL is a, um, it's a, I'm actually just pulling up the schedule right now. Um, <laughs> it's a league where anybody can beat anybody. Uh, you know, I think I was talking to Pete a couple of weeks ago and I said, you know, there's, there's a, a, a good threshold of teams that um, anybody on any given day can beat anybody, uh, which makes, makes a really exciting baseball. Um, you know, I think there's probably, you know, 10 or 11 teams right now that you look at and you can say, Hey, they could be NBL, NBL tournament teams. Not only could be, the, they could be NBL tournament teams, but you know, there's 10 or 11 teams that could win the NBL tournament. So um, you know, uh, you have, you have kind of teams beating each other all over the place, you know, uh, Naugatuck beating Wolkett, Watertown, you know, beating us yesterday, uh, and Sonia beating Watertown, um, you know, St. Paul and Watertown playing tight on Saturday. And it's kind of, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of parody in the league right now. Yeah. And, and Sonia, Seymour, Torrington, they could take you down anytime too. I mean, depends on who's <laughs> on the mound. Yeah, it's 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 very pitching based right now. I, I I think that there's a lot of um a lot of quality pitchers in the NBL. You know, you look at uh you know you look at everything that's going on over at St. Paul. You know, they they have the the Tanati kid. You look at uh um, Wolka has a couple solid arms, and you know uh, Nogatuck with Ivan, and um you know even Marino from Watertown and, and Guerrero yesterday threw really well. Um, you know, a lot of good uh, Palmer at Antonio, a lot of good pitchers in the league right now. So you know, good pit, good pitching wins. Yeah, Zach, what's it like when you go up against some of these guys, knowing you're, you're oftentimes getting their best pitcher? I mean, you know, last year, I mean, you saw it even last year, too, in the NBL tournament. I mean, first top two seeds, us us in St. Paul, you know, losing in the first round. And, and it's it's always been good pitching, you know. You know, when you go to play these NBL teams, they're, they've always got one or two guys that are going to come in and they're going to shove. And then everybody wants to compete. And on any given day, everybody knows that, you know, they can take a win if they have a guy on the mound. So, you know, you just kind of got to go in there and compete, but you know you're getting a good arm basically every game you play. Yeah, Did you NBL, play against all yeah. these guys? Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say, the NVL tournament every year, I mean, I, I started covering the NVL, and, you, yeah, some years you'll get the top team to win, but some teams you'll get, you know, sometimes you'll just get a lower seeder, team that gets hot, and it's always chaotic. I remember the first NVL tournament I covered, like Torrington got in the finals as like a seven seed. And they honestly should have won the game, but Holy Cross came back. Like it's always just so chaotic 
And I was at the finals last year. Even that game was chaotic. Even with Woodland and St. Paul knocked out in the first round, like it still came down to it at the end. And, uh, you know, Scott, Scott loves the NBL. I, I will say that Scott <laughs> absolutely loves the NBL. And he always gets infatuated when we pick the state tournament. Scott always picks an NVL team in S or M to get there. Cause he's always like, you know what? There's always just always one there. there. I don't know which one it's going to be, <laughs> but I'm going to take my shot. And he picks like three of them. There's always, there's always one there. Look, if you look at the last 10 or 12 years of NVL baseball, there's been, you know, if you go to the, the, the semifinals, I mean, there's been a, a, a Wolkett, St. Paul, Woodland, Holy Cross, Watertown, those Seymour, you know, there's five, and it's not just one team. It's not just, you know, the, there's, there's five or six teams that, you know, um, that have are, always seem to be around it yep. every year. You know, I look at last year in our, in the tournament for, for us, like we played uh, Seymour in the first round and Watertown in the second. Um, both those teams were quality teams that, yeah. you know, you're looking at and you're like, okay, well, you know, before COVID, those teams were both winning state titles, playing into the semifinals and, and finals. And, um, you know, so again, like there's so much balance in this league. Um, and I think, uh, you know, that's something that you look at uh, that I think kind of gets overlooked is like, you know, how much, how many quality teams there are in the NBL. Yeah. I mean, just quick, quick research, five straight years, uh, NBL team has made the finals. Yeah. Five straight seasons. Why well, I pick them, Pete. That's why I pick them. I know. I'm just saying it's crazy. <laughs> Except for that Seymour Wolkett game in 2018. That game, that game was not close. <laughs> <laughs> and was, they were going against each other. But yeah. cl- class M, uh, I mean, there's some good teams up top with Bacon and Barlow. But then you always have like the St. Joe's and Sheehan's like lingering down there as low seeds. Cl- class M is pretty tough. Yeah, there, yeah, there's definitely uh there's definitely no secret that uh um you know class M. Class M is going to be very quality. Uh, you know, I, I haven't, we haven't looked too much other than, you know, kind of breezing through the, the standings here. But, you know, I know Nottawag, I'm seeing big numbers. Every single game they play, there's big numbers offensively over there. Um, you know, Bacon Academy, we saw them last year in the quarterfinals. They're a good team. Um, you know, I think they were pretty young last year. They graduated a couple pieces, but, you know, they're always a solid team. Uh, you know, Northwestern, um, you know, they're just looking at their seven and one right now. We saw them last year as well. Uh, Barlow with the, um, the kid Scott, you guys had on a couple weeks ago, like, you know, with him on the mound, you know, I don't, I think they beat the number one already this year. So I don't know if there's a team that you put that guy on the mound that, that, you know, they could beat anybody. So, yeah. um, Waterford's a great program. They always win. Um, uh, my buddy, Howie Deach at Talon's doing a great job. Really um, good. Talon's you know, tough. Really good. Keep job. walking you know? off. They keep walking yeah. off. Yeah, he's he's got the magic touch over there. I mean, you know, it's like, uh, um, you know, so so there are a lot of good teams in Class M, and uh, you know, we're we're excited to, you know, when when that when we have to cross that bridge of of playing in the tournament, we're excited excited well, about let's, that. Let's just dial it back. Like, let's go reverse, reverse, reverse. You know, um, into the tournament last year, you guys get to the semifinals. Not, I don't want to say unknown or whatever. You know, Steve, I I believe it was your first season. Uh, full season and you know the nvl has the mainstay names right and then all of a sudden here comes woodland and everyone was kind of like pumped you know and you guys got to the semifinals and it was a great run uh you and i've talked about that semifinal game at length um on the phone but zach the run you guys made last year was it a surprise for you guys again we didn't have a year the year before 
So a lot of unknown. You had a freshman come through in, in Matt Bletcher. And, and, you know, here you guys are with the chance to go to the state finals. I mean, just how much fun was that run or was it more fun because it was kind of unexpected statewide? I think for everyone else, but the people in that dugout, it was unexpected. I think from the start, we knew we knew what we had. You know, we knew what we were going to do and we just had to go out there and handle business. And it was fun. I mean, you know, coming together, it was really after we lost in NVLs, we were like, this isn't happening again. Not like that, at least. So, you know, we had that chip on our shoulder going in and, you know, we had the two NBL teams out of the gate, which was like, I don't know, like, you don't know how to deal with that. Like, this is the third time seeing Seymour that year and second time seeing Watertown. So, you know, you just go out there and you know you can handle them because we did it in the regular season, but we just had to go out there and do it again and handle business. I mean, that was, it was, <clears throat> it was a great semifinal game. Uh, it got the rain delay, pushed it back a day, I remember. So, which was crazy with the semifinals last year's, S and L got in, double mm-hmm. L and M did not. So it was like all eyes. And the M game was earlier than the double L game. So it was all eyes on Muzzy Field that morning. Uh, and you guys had the first game. It was pretty packed. Uh, you know, you know, Jack, uh, ugh, Zach, sorry. <laughs> thinking of your cousin, uh, Zach, you know, what did you guys take away from that run or, you know, that loss in the semifinals? Now, you know, all eyes are on you guys in M when you're looking at like, hey, Woodland made the run last year. We don't want to play them like the pressure's kind of on now. Yeah, I mean, last year we, we used, you know, people not really knowing us and people kind of, you know, not really expecting a lot of us. We played with that chip on our shoulder. And now this year, you know, people are expecting some of us and we're trying to, you know, keep that same mentality that we had last year that kind of prove them wrong, like you know, play as hard as you can, who cares what everybody else thinks of us, we're just going to go out there and play our game. You know, this year, it's a little different, it's a little more difficult, you know, people expect a lot out of us. And sometimes that pressure comes up, and you know, you kind of get overwhelmed a little bit. But, you know, we just kind of been staying trying to keep that mentality and playing hard. And, you know, so far, so good. Yeah. And we're just gonna have to quickly mention, because I did call you Jack, your cousin, Jack Drury, was all stater for us his senior year helped Wolk it get to the finals. Um, where they lost to Seymour. Um, did you have you spoken to him about you know playing in a state title and, and what it takes to get there? I mean, that's got to be a really good person to lean. I know he's playing baseball right now at Southern, so he, he's in season, but might be a pretty good person to lean on about experience and, and, and how to get there. Yeah, uh, last year, um, right before actually, like the day before our first state tournament game against Seymour, I went and hit with him, and I, I was just, I you know, I had been in a, like a half long, like half, first half of the year, I was in a huge slump. Like I, I was, it was bad. <laughs> and then you know, sort of the end of the year, I started to pick it up. And then I, I went and hit with him and I just kind of like talked about like what it was like, you know, playing in the tournament, playing in those big games, you know, a couple pieces of advice hitting here and there. And, you know, it, it was a, it was a good shoulder to lean on kind of, you know, just getting that experience and getting that insight, especially because, you know, my freshman year, I wasn't on varsity and I wasn't, you know, a part of the run they made back then either. So it was kind of like nice getting you know, the information ahead of time and just knowing what to expect. Zach, so speaking of a slump, if you're in a slump, are you trying to make physical changes, mechanical changes, or is it more mental? Like what's the biggest thing when a, when a player, any player, not just you, but any player is trying to come out of a slump? 
I mean, it's it's mental. I mean, off the bat, right off the bat, you're gonna think it's physical more than anything else, and you're gonna try and change things. But it, for me, it's always just more mental and trying to get past the idea that it's not something physical. Like I'm not doing. It's just in your own head at that point, and you just gotta make a slight adjustment, change the approach, really, and and hopefully you just come out of it eventually. Yeah, coach, what do you do? Like, you might see something mechanical, but then you also know the psych- psychology of baseball. Uh, what do you do when you see a kid that's struggling to, to try to get them back up and back in the zone? So I think it depends on the player. So, um, you know, you have guys that sometimes they just need a confidence boost. Sometimes they need a, you know, they go over three um, and they have three really tough at bats. You know, you, you don't want to ring the alarm with a guy um, because, you know, sometimes it's just like, hey, it's just a tough day at the plate. Um, sometimes balls just don't fall. Uh, other times you look at it and it's like, Hey, you know, if I see something or if one of our coaches sees something, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to suggest it and say, Hey, we're, we're seeing this. Maybe you want to try this in the cage, see what works. But you know, um, high school baseball is such a sprint that you don't want to, for lack of a better term, you don't want to break something down to the point where you're like having to rebuild the swing or having to rebuild mechanics, you know, during the season, because then a guy's going up for the next four games, trying to you know, figure that out, or they're thinking about that, where their hands are, where their feet are. And, and, you know, you, you're making that adjustment for four games. You're talking about, you know, that's a, that's a good chunk of a high school season. So, you know, sometimes it's, it's just, you know, um, <clears throat> there are guys you need, need, need to do that with, but there are also other guys where it's just like, Hey, you know, like you're confident, you're a good player. And, you know, like, I mean, Zach, Zach will tell you like, you know, last year when he was going through a tough stretch, a lot of times it's like, Hey, they're going to fall. You know, you just have to, you know, you just have to stay confident and stay within yourself and, you know, don't become a guy that's changing your approach of, you know, whether it's trying to do too much or trying to do too little, you know, just do you, you know, do you and stay the course. So you got to sell the process over results sometimes, right? I mean, absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, we, uh, one of the big things I think we've tried to focus on um, over the last year uh, is, is our process, you know, like we, um you know, one of my assistant, my assistant coach, uh, Frank Fedak, um, you know, with our infielders, like he's really, it's a good example. Like he's done a really good job of um, focusing on how to, you know, the process of being a quality defender and yeah, we're going to make errors. We're going to chop walls up and that happens. It happens to the best players in baseball, but, you know, understanding that, Hey, that's one play, turn the page, pop the bubble and move on. Um, You know, that, you know, the process of, of, you know, being in the right position at the right time with your hands and your, your footwork and rhythm and all those things, you know, that's only going to be, um, if you're, if you're there consistently, the outcome will be the way you want to be consistently. Zach, do you play other sports? Are you, are you all baseball all the time? Uh, it's baseball spring through fall. And in, in the winter here, I, uh, on the track team, I throw a shot just to, you know, do something for fun. And I enjoy it too, but um, yeah, it's been for me. It's mostly baseball, spring to fall, like you know, locked like in, and even in the winter too. While I'm doing track, it's it's baseball, you know, workouts and everything like that. All right, how does shot put help you? Let me let me ask you that. Does it strengthen your arm? Does it do anything for you? I mean, I. I I think I'm throwing a lot harder. I feel like I'm throwing harder, you know, in, in practice across the diamond when we're doing some bun drills this year. I don't know if it's helped me with that. But I, I think part of it is for track, you know, we're lifting three days a week. So, you know, and kind of it's more like sport-based lifting. So I like just, you know, power, you know, 
you know, producing power, you know, you're using your legs a lot. So you're strengthening your legs there too. Helps in the swing and the throwing as well. So I think, I think it definitely, I think it carried over a little bit. So yeah, what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing is we need you on the mound. I think you're going to hit 90 now. I mean, that's what I'm hearing. Don't encourage him, Pete. (laughs) I've been, I've been advocating and I've got to hear never brought to the mound for a pitching change. And I, I'm very confused sometimes. <laughs> hey, people spend a lot of money on driveline and the like, heavy hey, balls and the, and the plyos, and you just joined the track team and threw shot put. I mean, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> We're on to something I do a, here. Do a band here or there. I'll walk over, I'll take Mike Belcher's bands and do a couple band workouts, and that's about it. <laughs> I mean, we haven't even touched on him. I mean, I'll, Steve, I got to ask you this. Is, is this, I mean, him throwing a no hitter is not a surprise. Uh, going nine innings was kind of like, ooh, my big question is, how in God's name did he stay under 110 pitches? I, You know, what's funny is he threw eight and two-thirds, I think it was, or, you know, eight and a third in the NBL tournament last year. In the first round against Naugatuck, he threw like eight and two-thirds. Um, Michael, when Michael is on, he's very efficient. Um, you know, I, I don't like to use the uh, good morning, good afternoon, good night, but like, there's a lot of at-bats with Michael when he's on where it is very much a good morning, good afternoon, good night situation. Um, <clears throat> you know, and and um, he, he was very efficient through those games. And I, I was looking at my my uh, my scorecard and, you know, in the seventh inning, I, I that's when I noticed there was no hits in the game. And, you know, it's tie game and he came out of the seventh inning and I want to see he was at 71 or 72 pitches. And I said, I, you know, I was like, he's going out for the eighth. You know, so the eighth came through and he was at 86 or 87. And, you know, me and Michael have had a conversation throughout the year of, hey, you know, we're not going to really try to get you above 90 or 95 and, you know, until the later half of the year. Um, And I looked at him and I said, Mike, you're at like 87. He's like, I'm going out for the next inning if we need to. I said, okay. Um, So when we got to the eight and two thirds, uh, he had come into the situation that he was at like 106 pitches. So I took a mound visit to be like, hey, this is your last batter. Um, you're throwing a no hitter right now. So you got one, you got, you got one batter to, you know, <laughs> let's end this the right way. And, um, you know, he was able to, you know, get that last out and, uh, you know, then we, we scored for him, which was great. Um, Cause uh, you know, it's, but he, he, he's been very efficient and he's, he's a special player. That's the opposite of not talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what though? Like it, Michael's personality, um, you know, there, there are certain things that you can say to Michael that will find him the next gear. And that's one of them where you're like, Hey, Mike, I'm challenging you to do this. Um, that, that Michael lives for that, uh, for that, uh, adrenaline rush of being challenged to go, you know, achieve something. Yeah. I, I jinxed, I jinxed the Xavier kid the other night in the press box of Palmer field. Hey, well, some person tweeted at me like, Oh, why are they starting this kid against Amity? He had no hits through five. I was like, oh, so-and-so hasn't allowed a hit yet. And then literally everyone in the press box was like, are you serious? I'm like, guys, <laughs> it's not real. Second batter of the inning, triple. I'm like, oh, that, that's on me, guys. That's on me. Hand My up. Hand up. <laughs> does, hey, does the way that Belcher approaches pitching and approaches games, does that trickle down to the other pitchers? And is he having an effect on them at all? It does. Um, Michael is very much a, a leader in our dugout. Guys thrive off of his energy. We have a couple guys on our team, you know, Michael Belcher and uh, Croy Petro, 
um, that have a tendency to guys thrive off of their energy. Um, you know, if those guys, you know, specifically those two, um, you know, if they are locked in and they are, um, you know, and they are really focused on, on, you know, that, that, Hey, team first, we got to win this one. I don't care about my numbers. I don't care about, you know, uh, anything other than us being in the win column. Um, you know, and that, that, that has definitely trickled down. Um, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say that guys look at Michael's starts and then the next time up, they're like, Oh, well he did that. You know, like he set the bar for what we, what we expect here on the mound. Um, you know, we have a lot of quality pitchers in our, in our program right now. We're fortunate for that, but um, you know, he's, he's definitely, uh, he's definitely kind of like, you know, taking that, that ball and run with it as far as, you know, being a leader amongst our pitchers. Yeah. Yeah. I think you politely, that was a nice way of saying we have a lot of games in the next couple of days. So we're very lucky that we have enough arms because you guys played Monday, you played Tuesday, you're playing today on Wednesday, you're playing the Friday, then Monday, then Wednesday, then Thursday. Well, <laughs> if you going, mean, going even, back, yeah, you played Saturday, Friday and Wednesday. We, we played a lot of games recently. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you look at a class M school and you're like, well, you know, they're, we're, we're, we're paying for the rain in, in April right now, but we've been fortunate enough to have arms, you know, like <laughs> it's easy. It, it makes it easier as a coach when it's like, Hey, Michael's going to go throw seven, nine innings of baseball <laughs> and take one game off the docket for you right away. Um, as far as like needing to use your bullpen, you know, we've had guys that, you know, um, Matt Deegan and Tyler Jambra that we've had to call their number, you know, twice in, you know, twice in three days or, you know, twice in two days. And, you know, we're, uh, we're fortunate that we have those guys, but you know, it's, it's, you know, that this schedule is definitely has not been friendly to our, to our arms. And um, yeah, so it's, it's been a tough, it's been a tough stretch. Hey, Zach, how well do you know the guys in the league? Do you come up playing with them? Do you play with them in the summer at all? Yeah, I mean, def I mean, I play against a good majority of them, even with the majority of them since I was six, seven, eight. I mean, it's everything's so close together around here that, like, you know, you play – guys play together, you play against them. Like, growing up, I played against – like the the Watertown the Watertown team has been playing together as Watertown since they were seven. I mean, there's the travel the Overlook Black Sox team around here. Kids from Holy Cross, Watertown, like all over the like you know everybody. Everybody knows everybody. So I think that also drives that you know that competitive level around here. You know, up ten notches because you know everybody and you want to beat everybody. Is that all travel or is that literally Kyle Ripken? What what were you coming up? It was so for around here. It was. Roberto Clemente, Willie Mays, Babe Ruth, most of the guys after Willie Mays went to, you know, travel ball in their own, you know, travel teams and everything like that. But even in that point, you know, you're still playing locally, you know, Connecticut, Rhode Island, New York, Massachusetts. So you see, you know, the, some of the same teams again and again, and you run into these guys again and again. I play with, on my travel team, I play with Logan Bissett from Holy Cross and Henry Marino from Watertown. So you know, those games against them, you want to beat them. And, but then you go into the summer and they're your teammates for the next two and a half months. Yeah. <clears throat> How who's the guy, who's, who's the guy when he comes up, you're like, oh, this guy's killed me for 10 years. Like, <laughs> I don't want to see this dude anymore. I, I mean, I'm sick and tired of seeing Brady Yvonne. I am sick. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, Brady and I, it's either 
I get three hits off of him or he strikes me out three times. There, there's no in-between. Like, last year, NBL, like, in the game against them in the regular season, the NBL tournament, I I went, like, two, I think I went two for three in both games against him. This year, I go 0 for two. It, it's just, like, how it is. I'm mean, like growing up. You know, when, it, when you're growing up and you're younger and you see a lefty, you're like, oh, God, lefty. What, like, why are they throwing a lefty? Who has a lefty? And then they start throwing curveballs. I'm like, what? What? What is like, but I, I've seen for the last ten years, and and he's a great pitcher, and I love Brady, but and I'm sick and tired of facing him. But you guys are friends, like do you guys talk. Oh no, I like I'll talk to him, like and, and you know it's a, it's a competitive, it's a like a friendly competitiveness. It's not it's never like mouse or anything like that, but yeah, it's always fun to compete against him and compete against you know. Local Henry, because I, you know, you're when you're friends with them, it's it's more fun and there's more at stake. I feel like it's one of the best parts of the valley is the tightness and like the the camaraderie up there just for the whole league. It seems like you guys all pull for each other secretly. I mean, not when you're playing each other, but you know, it's one of those friend. It's one of those friend kind of things where it's like, hey, I can I can give him a hard time, but nobody else can. Kind of there thing. you go. Yeah, <laughs> you know, when you get to the tournament, like you know, I, I think that last year there was definitely a feeling of you know I was getting texts from. Um, you know, Coach Gilbert at Seymour or, you know, um, Coach Maroli at Oxford. Hey, you know, we're pulling for you. But, you know, and, and they might get mad at me that I just said it publicly because they're, you know, the Valley. It's like, hey, everybody wants to give each other a hard time. But we're all kind of rooting for each other, um, you know, because it's good for the league. It's great for the league when teams are having success. You know, just like St. Paul, like we were all pulling for them last year in the finals. St. Paul, someone that you guys have had one of the few teams that have had success uh, against that lineup. Uh, <clears throat> I know coach Vic has mentioned it to me. So is Ryan. Uh, you guys, you guys have the recipe for stopping Ryan Daniels, which apparently no one seems to have. Um, so that's gotta be a nice thing to at least have in the back pocket. Yeah, you don't have to tell us what it is. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to tell us what the, I already asked you. I already asked you what the recipe was and you refused to tell me, which is fine. Um, but, you know, when you have a team like that in this league who's, you know, it's like a lot of eyes are on Ryan right now, uh, scouting, um, you know, the next level kind of stuff. How great is that for, for, for the league when you go play St. Paul? And there are some big-time scouts there that are looking at everybody because they're watching the whole game. Ryan Daniels is a special player, and, and I know he, uh, he consumes all the game-time content, so I know he'll probably be listening to this in a little extra. Um, he's a special player, and so is uh, Mario Izzo and the catcher Ceruto. Like, you know, the, the, uh, the Tanati kid, I haven't seen him pitch yet, but they have, they have a couple of really special players. And, you know, I was talking to uh, one of the coaches in the league the other day who said, like, one through nine, you know, they're not, there's no hole in their lineup. Um, you know, Vic is, a, Vic's probably, Vic is one of the best coaches in the state. Um, you know, and I, I think that when you're playing a team like that, you just kind of want to see how you stack up. You know, we were fortunate early, you know, last year, early, we took one from them. And then, you know, later on in the, uh, in the season, you know, I think Mario Izzo had a ball that hasn't landed yet. Um, you know, but they're, they're a good team. And, you know, I, you know, we, I think we have them in a couple of weeks and I'm, you know, I'm excited for that one. And I'm sure Vic would say the same thing. Like, you know, anytime you get a chance to see how you stack up against a good team, um, you know, I don't know. I think we've been fortunate. I don't know if we have the answer for that lineup, but we've been fortunate to have some things fall our way so far. 
It's Monday, May 9th. Anyone wants to circle their calendar <clears throat> at St. Paul? Pete, for the record, uh, Daniels hit a ball at St. Paul last year that was a home run that my our center fielder, Ryan Montini, um, jumped over the, uh, you know, like the, the pull-away fence out there. Yeah. Like it was a sports center top 10 play um, <laughs> that he like he jumped over the fence to catch the ball. Um to, to catch it, to really save our, save that game. So, um, you know, if, if we run that play a couple more times, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dial that one up. <laughs> that ball that Mario hit at Woodland last year was probably the farthest ball I've seen hit at our field. That ball <laughs> was absolutely smoked. Yeah. They're, they're, they're a dangerous, uh, lineup. Uh, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, Zach, are you a prospect or a beacon falls guy? I'm a prospect kid. All right. What's your best score at Highland Greens? Because I feel like everyone plays at Highland Greens at least once. Oh, no. I played Highland Green. I played at Highland Greens for uh, – I'm not good at golf. Let's, yeah, let's no, me that. neither. <laughs> I, I am awful. I swing it like a baseball bat. Yep. <laughs> Everything is either slicing to the right, like way over, or, you know, some days I have my good days. I think my high it's probably it's, it's a high forty, probably better than me. High forty, like a you know that first probably. hole. I think it's the first hole where like the tee box is really raised and the green is really yeah, raised, so and then it's just like a deep like two hundred foot oh, valley to the hole. Yeah, th- that's the second the second hole. Second the hole. Second hole. Yeah, I almost fell. Almost lost my clubs in the lake that one in the little the little pond once. My friend pulled my strap as I was driving around and my clubs fell down. They rolled. <laughs> I haven't played there in a while, but it's the only, it's like one of the only like courses that have, it's a par three, but it's one of the only ones that has like lights. Yeah. yeah. It was a fun time. Of course. I mean, it's, it's pretty cheap too. So yeah, we play very often. It's not bad. It's not bad. I, I will say that and, and Beacon Falls, I shout out to my boy, Kyle Brennan, who, who's actually helping out with the Nanawag team. Uh, Kyle's a friend. Uh, he's from Beacon Falls, and uh, I've gone to the cornhole tournament that they have. Uh, I've come in. Sean Bowley and I, uh, co worker here, we've we've competed in it. I think three times. I think we have yet to win a match ever. Pete um, threw a Pete threw one of the bean bags into the ceiling fan. I did. Try and, and got stuck. <laughs> And they got stuck. It's almost impossible. Like, why? <laughs> I, I love Beacon Falls because you enter Beacon Falls, you drive 200 feet, and you exit Beacon Falls. <laughs> one gas station. I was going to ask, like, what's the best restaurant? But I'm like, well, there's only one restaurant in Beacon Falls. So I think I know the answer. You're telling not me not a lot going on in Beacon Falls, but it's, uh, I will tell you on a, on a Friday night in the fall uh, during football season, I don't know if there's a, you know, after a, after a win at Woodland, I don't know if there's a, Beacon Falls is it gets pretty noisy at that. That's probably the only time it's that one restaurant gets pretty busy. Yeah, that's like the true like the town you know shuts down when they play. Like it's it's really cool uh, going to a game there, and uh, you know the whole town shows up. I feel like even for the semifinal uh, for you guys at Muzzy, there was a lot of lot of people there, and I feel like there was no one in Beacon Falls or Prospect that day. Value oh, the value will support a winner always. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, for it being 9 a.m., I mean, we had fi- that that day of the semifinal. I remember we had finals. Like our school was having finals that morning. So we were in hitting in the cage in the gym. I think we reported at like 
six forty five <laughs> to the cage in the gym, and like we're hitting, and kids are like walking in for school. Like there's kids walking into the gym because they have to take like a gym final for some reason because somehow you don't have a ninety or above in gym. But like <laughs> it, it was, and then by the by the time you got to the game for like the ten o'clock, a lot of people there. So you know we're lucky that we have people and good fans that always come out and support us. Even if it means driving from Beacon Falls to Bristol at nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And then you add in that morning game, you add in that the phys ed teacher is Chris Anderson at the time. So Chris Anderson comes in to give a motivational speech to the guys who are hitting at six forty-five in the morning in the gym. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Uh, well, listen, guys, we, we want to thank you for joining us on the show. This was really fun. Um, we're glad we finally got you on. I know Pete and I have been talking about it for a while, and, and we wish you the best of luck with the rest of the season. And I'm sure we'll see you somewhere down the road in, in, in Class M. Yeah. Cool. And Monday, May 9th. Monday, May 9th. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to Thanks, challenge guys. Pete to cornhole or golf. Oh, don't. It's not good, man. It's bad. Well, as, long as, we, as long as we get it on video. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, maybe maybe that's maybe that's the move. Maybe Pete and his buddy uh, Daniels at some point will have to get a cornhole game in or something. <laughs> How about this? How about this? We'll 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 make a wager right now. <clears throat> Palmer Field parking lot in June. We'll play a little cornhole and then you guys go and play a game. How about that? Fair enough. Sounds good to me. <laughs> I, I hope I hope we're in the position to do that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Fingers, fingers crossed we're in a position to do that. Uh, it feels like an eternity away at this point. Um, but hope, hopefully we're in a position to, to, to take you up on that. I love it. All right. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Have a good one. We are back on High and Tight. Always good to talk to uh, guys from Woodland. Always good to talk to the MVL. Uh, I love the NBL and baseball. Pete knows that about me. Uh, it bears out like they've had state teams in state finals for like five straight years. So yeah. the NBL has has rewarded my love in them with, yeah, they, with, with victories. Uh, Steve Vayner is one of my favorites. Uh, All time guy. Obviously a very good coach. Um, I planned on going to see them when they played Massick this year. Wasn't able to make it, unfortunately. So that May 9th game against St. Paul is circled. Um, so I'm going to go check them out that day. Hopefully, uh, hopefully nothing changes, but he's an all-time guy. He's, you know, and the kids are great. Obviously Zach's awesome. Um, Fletcher, like they got, they got dudes, but they're really nice kids too. Um, which, you know, adds to everything we do and makes this job and the podcast and the stories so much fun. Um, you know, it's, it's it's cool. And so it was really good to have uh, Coach Boehner on and, 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 and Jury to talk about the team. And they kind of not that they came out of nowhere. They're always a good program. Like but like Scott said, the NVL is Scott loves the NVL, but <laughs> it's a good conference that whenever we get to state time there, there's always an NVL team or two or three in the mix. And, you know, they make you pay attention. If you don't pay attention, they will make you pay attention to them. And Woodland's run to the semifinals last year, them and St. Paul being the two best teams in the NBL in the regular season, one in M one in S you were like, Oh, you know, the NBL has got a shot to win two state titles this year, at least have two state 
uh, finalists. Um, then they both lost in the first round of the NVLs and we're like, uh, but then they made the runs, uh, Woodland lost in the finals and, and uh, in the semifinals and St. Paul lost in the finals, but they're both back in the mix. And, you know, when you look at the NVL, when Ansonia has Palmer pitching, they're probably going to win. You know, yeah. Watertown's got dudes. Um, Holy Cross has dudes. Seymour, Jeff Gilbert is an amazing coach at Seymour. And Seymour's tough. Torrington's tough. Oxford's tough. Yeah, it's the good. deepest. That league, obviously, in some sports, is very, very, very top heavy with like two or three teams. Baseball, of course, there. But if you go down, it is the deepest that the NVL goes in, in any sport, in my opinion. I, yeah. I, I don't know if, if you agree with that or not. Uh, I mean, I think the SEC might be top to bottom. No, no, no. I'm saying I'm saying the NVL. Just just look at the NVL. If you look at all the sports the NVL plays, that baseball is their deepest sport. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying they're as deep or good as the SEC or the SEC. No, I mean you look at you look at the NVL standings right now on the CIAC. One, two, three, four, five, six. The seventh team is Watertown. They have seven teams over 500. Watertown is the seventh team. Watertown could win the NVL tournament. Right. And then, and Seymour can win a game there. They have two yep. wins. I mean, like it's tough. It, it's yep. a, it's a tougher conference. And I, I just love the baseball up there. And I love the blue cat, uh, the blue collar attitude of everyone. And I, I just love the Valley. Plus if I get to go up there, I, I get to uh, go to Roseland. So um, yeah. best pizza in Connecticut, in my opinion, <laughs> Roseland beats in you're Derby. Pick, you're picking fights. I'm picking fights. I, I will I will die on that mountain. That is the best pizza in the state. I don't care what anyone from New Haven says. Go to Derby. That's the best pizza. <laughs> well, um, that- uh, Woodland's got a Holy Cross this week, too. So Woodland plays Holy Cross on Friday. Holy Cross, let's not forget about them. They're eight and two. Like, yeah, Woodland, Woodland's eight and one, but Holy Cross eight and two. That, that should be a good one Friday afternoon. Um, Friday afternoon has some nice games coming up. A if you like baseball, nice we've got a top 10 matchup. We got number eight East Catholic against number six Windsor, um, and the CCC. You get Xavier Hand, which is a marquee matchup in the which in the SEC. is two top ten teams in Pete's poll. Yes, and two top ten teams that, that they deserve it. Yeah, uh, and they're the second and third team in the SEC standings right now. Um, and then the big one Friday night at Cubetta Stadium is Ward and West Hill. I mean, that's a standalone game. And if you like baseball, you're just a baseball fan or a baseball player go to Cubetta and watch that game. Like it's going to be a nice night. The weather's going to be good. You're going to see quality players. Like we don't, we're not positive who's pitching, but we're pretty sure we got a Broderick Kip maybe lining up thing. Yeah. I need, I need Dan Orlovsky to break that on Twitter for me. Cause he broke the Ridgefield uh, ward pitching matchup the night before. Right. And, so. and that's the, that's the one V two. So I understand why Orlovsky gets involved there. West Hill to me is still a top 10 team. I, I know they are to you too. Yep. And you and I both voted ward one. So we think very highly of these teams and Cubetta under the lights is one of my favorite places to watch a game. I, I just love it there. Yeah. I've, I've only been to Cubetta a couple of times. Um, Cause you know, that's Scott Erickson territory, but <laughs> you're always welcome here. Pete. Come on. <laughs> But we like to spread our coverage. So it, I, I will be there Friday night at Cubetta. I always have a good time there. Um, I believe I want to say the last time I was there, because I did not go to the FCF finals last year, because I think we had SEC or and there was another. SEC was the same night. Yeah. Yeah. 
there was another championship game going on and I didn't go to the double L semis there when they got moved there because I was at SNL the night before and then rain moved the double L and I was like, Ooh, I could totally go there. But then M got rained out late because they tried to start the Woodland Northwestern game, but they didn't even get on the field. So that game got delayed later. And then I went to M instead. So I haven't been to Cubetta since Staples walked off on Ludlow in the FCAC finals in 2019. Wow. That was the last time I was at, uh, at Cubetta. Well, you got to get back. It's an awesome place, yeah. uh, especially for night games. I love it. You know, it's, it's always beautiful, but night games especially. Um, what have you seen? What, what, what games have you seen recently that stood out to you, Pete? So I did get to go to Ridgefield Ward. Great game. Lived up to the billing. Uh, I think Ridgefield coach Mike Scarlett said it the best. He's like, is there anything else you wanted? Like two really good pitchers. And Castellucci is amazing. Uh, Broderick pumped. Pump eight guys looking striking out, um, you know, and they all the good players did stuff in the game. John Heinzman had two hits for Ward. Um, uh, Roman caught a great game for Ward. Uh, uh, the Bucciaro the brothers for Ridgefield played great. Um, I think Dan, Dan's the third baseman. He had the big RBI triple and came around to score on the throw. And Matt turned three double plays at shortstop. Uh, to kill Ward threats and like a team like Ward, you got to keep them off the bases and keep them in the dugout. And, you know, all the big guys, and then Ben Chirico came in to shut the door. So like all the big guys in that game came to play and yeah. uh, it was awesome. I mean, two to one game. It flew. Uh, Ward had chances in the seventh. Uh, they got one through on a Patty Galvin uh, RBI single. Um, and they had a runner on third with the chance to, uh, to tie the game and it didn't happen, but, I think we'll see them again. I think we'll see this matchup at least one more time, whether it's in the FC action, the States. I mean, these are two teams that, you know, are definitely going to be high seeds in the double L tournament. They're going to be high seeds in the FCAC tournament. So if the bracket breaks, right, we might see them in a semifinal or a championship in, in double L and, you know, maybe in the semifinals or championship in, in the FCAC. And that's what you want. I mean, that's great baseball. And, those are the games you want to see. You want to see good games where the top players play well. Um, I saw, uh, what did I see? Oh, and then I saw Amity Xavier. Um, another great game. Uh, two, Palmer you know, neither, Field, too. Can't at Palmer be Field. Beautiful, beautiful. You, everyone knows how I feel about Palmer. Palmer's the best. Yeah, Palmer. Palmer, Palmer I love Cubetta, but Palmer's. Palmer is the best. And, uh, yeah. you know, neither team threw their ace. Um, they had pitched earlier that week, but, you know, K K Casey Sexton pitched Awesome for Amity. He gave them everything they had through four plus innings. And then they went to Martin Zhang, who, you know, pitched earlier in the week, but he wanted the ball. It was a close game. And he was awesome for like two innings. And then they handed the ball off to Mac Burke, who we love Mac Burke on this show. You talk to Mac Burke. He is funny. He he is quick with his words, doesn't say much, but he says a lot when he talks. And uh, he came in, shut the door down. He was great after the game. He got a double play. Right. Uh, Zhang walked Crone to lead off the game uh, to lead off the seventh. And Crone, you listened to the show last week. Crone is dangerous on the base paths. He could steal bases. He could put himself in the scoring position. He's aggressive and he can make teams pay. And they wanted to keep him close. They didn't want him to steal, you know, this and this. And they were like, you know, we really hope Mac strikes him out the next batter out. And what does Mac do? Gets a double play. <laughs> and I was talking to Mac after and I was like, oh, were you trying to induce the double play? It's like, no, I was trying to blow up volume. But hey, it worked. 
Um, and then on the flip side, you know, Quentin, uh, Quentin Sotero uh, for Xavier, making his first varsity start. First varsity start, two varsity relief appearances under his belt, sophomore lefty, no hits Amity until the sixth inning. I mean, he proved a lot that day. And what he, I mean, he proved a lot to the state, like, hey, this guy can play. But for Coach Nick Sharetta, okay, I got another arm now. Yeah. I got a guy that I could trust in big games. And when we get to the playoffs and you start playing a lot of games in a short amount of time, you have that other arm who you know you can give the ball to, and he's going to go out and he's going to pitch well and he's going to keep you in games. And that's huge. If Xavier's going to take anything away from that game, it, it, it was Quinton. And he was awesome. And Xavier's another dangerous team. Um, and then I actually ran down and saw uh, St. Joe's Danbury on Monday, uh, which was fun. Wanted to check out the Hatters. Uh, they were off to a great start. But they ran into St. Joe's, who on paper, you're looking up St. Joe's five and four, I think, heading into that game. Like, this isn't the St. Joe's we know. Well, St. Joe's is good. The FCX yeah, is really but, good. Um, those games have all been pretty close, I think. Like yeah. So St. Joe's won. Uh, they can play. Uh, Tabit pitched awesome. That was the second time I saw him this year. He pitched against Ward earlier and didn't pitch too well. He was trying to, he was trying to really pump it past Ward, which is really hard to do. And against Danbury, he pitched a contact. I think he struck out three batters, but he was efficient. I think he threw 80-something pitches in a complete game effort. Like, he could play. And, they and got then guys. Woodland, uh, our Woodland boys uh, beat, beat St. Joe 16-13 over the weekend. So Yeah. Um, here's trivia for you, Pete. Amity stayed undefeated. They're 9-0 in yep. that game. There are, without looking, I don't know if you have the CIAC page open, there are seven undefeated teams left. In, in baseball, do you know who they are? Okay, Amity is one. Okay. Uh, Newington is two. Yes, there St. You Paul go. is three. Yep. Uh, Nanawag. Nanawag, yep. Nanawag is four. Oh, three more. Man. Three more. Can you give me conferences? Uh, you want CIAC divisions or you want, con- you want their conference? You want their conference? Uh, we got, uh, two CCC schools and one ECC school you have not named. Well, you mentioned it earlier, Bacon. Bacon. There you go. Now okay. I got two, two class L CCC schools. Do I like, should I know these schools? Like, have they been like, consistently in the conversation one or? one of these teams is uh a team that i am voting in my top 10 uh one of these teams is not a team i'm voting in my top 10 because their schedule has been a little weaker um one team is a state title contender a lot of seasons so okay. so if it's a team quality, that you've been talking about from the CCC. they're a quality program they're a team that i've mentioned a few times i'm not like and this team i believe went to florida Yes. All right. So that's Windsor. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. So the last one is a CCC team. Hasn't played that tough of a schedule. Oh. Can you, any other any other fun facts about this team? It is comprised of uh, uh, the school is comprised of multiple towns. In the CCC? Yes. Is it a long name or short name? Uh, well, it, it's a short name. I mean, this short name. 
It represents is, four towns, I believe, is how it works. Okay. Is their mascot a main character in one of my all-time favorite movies? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know. Is their mascot... Uh, what's what, what's your favorite all-time movie? I don't know. Well, one of my favorite all-time movies is Jurassic Park. Yes. Ram. Yes. Ram is undefeated. Ram, the Ram Raptors. Yes, seven and up. Wow, I love Jurassic Park. I was like Captain America. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> I love Jurassic Park. Just quickly, I am a huge Marvel guy, but two of my top three favorite movies are Jurassic Park, the original, and Empire Strikes Back, which is okay. probably um, my favorite movie of all time. Now but- Ram plays East Catholic today, and they play Hall Friday, then oh, they wow. play Talon and Connor. Uh, and they've beaten, uh, you know, they beat East Hartford and Simsbury. I don't want to make it sound like their schedules are terrible, but they yeah. haven't played any of the top, top teams. That's, I'm, I'm actually proud of myself. I got those six pretty quick. I got five very quick. You were pretty good. Yeah, Ram is, Ram's tough. Yeah, Ram we, tough. Uh, we should bring trivia each week. Like, we should do a draft, I think, each week. Okay. Like right now, let's just do a quick, we'll do a, th- a three a three-round draft. Um, favorite concession stand foods, not at a specific place. Just if you go to a baseball game, what do you get? You get three picks. Um, we'll do snake. So you get first pick. I'll get second, third, that let's, uh, let's just do that. And then weeks going forward, we'll actually do more in-depth ones. Okay. I, All right, I, so you I'll, get, I'll, so you get first pick. Yeah. That's easy. Hot dog. Hot dog. Yeah. All right. Uh, second pick. I'm going to go with, Oh, you took, you took my number one. Yeah, of course, that's number one. It's, easy, easy. it's Mike Trout. It's the uh, Mike Trout. <laughs> I'm gonna go with pretzels because I have to. Uh, yeah, pretzel would be my number pick. two. That would be my number. That's really my, all I ever get at a stadium is a pretzel or a, or a hot dog. And my next pick, I'm gonna get Cracker Jacks because I just love. I'm not really supposed to eat. Them You're not anymore. getting them at Yard Goats games, my friend. Yeah, they don't sell them there anymore. Yeah, I uh, I'm a big Cracker Jack guy. It's not good yeah. for my teeth, and I've had enough dental issues in my life. Yeah, but you get so, a little uh, prize, so that's nice. Yeah. All right, you're up. You got you got your next two picks, including your last pick. Oh, my next two picks. Uh, I'm gonna go like uh, straight peanuts, like you know, in the shell. We like cracking yeah. them open, and you spend the whole afternoon doing that. Yeah. I always love doing that when I go up to Fenway. I get a bag of peanuts uh my last pick i'll go with like a cheeseburger so i I, that would probably be the next thing i would get you know at palmer or something like that if i didn't get a dog so i'll go cheeseburger all right and with my last pick i'm just gonna i'm gonna take it's very broad nacho helmet what are you Um, doing (laughs) dipping dots dipping dots in a mini helmet um no i mean and i do love a nice soft served ice cream cone just not at a baseball game but i'm gonna go and i've done this at palmer a bunch i'm just gonna go candy Candy? I don't know what okay. candy I'm going to be feeling that yeah. day, but uh, just candy, just nice little sugar, sugar hype, you know, sugar burst. Um, I, I like love that. soft serve too. And I love the idea of eating it in the helmet. I never get ice cream at a baseball game. No, you can't. Ne- it's very ne- messy. Never. It gets very it's hot. Messy. Yeah. Look, I work at it sometimes. But... I worked for an ice cream place when I was in high school uh, yeah. it was called last licks. It was part of the Steiner memorabilia. We had a bunch of memorabilia in the store. It was really right. cool. I was really turned off on ice cream for a long time after that. That's um, what happens when you work. Yeah, you, you're yeah. doing a lot of cleaning and, but man, nice soft serve swirl vanilla chocolate is just where it's at. Just I can't do it at a baseball game. 
All right, next week we'll do our top ice cream spots in, in Connecticut. <laughs> that'll be the now, next that'll week. Be we got, next week we got we 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 got to come up with an intense one, maybe for our guest. Okay, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. We can we can include them. Yeah, I like giraffes. So. I know you do. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Um, for Pete, I'm Scott. We will see you next time on High and Tight. Love you all.